1: This is Kits and Wagers. I am Adam Zedroik, joined by Chris Owen. We're finally back. It's been two months. It's been, I don't know, a short two months, it seems like. It, it's suddenly the beginning of the 2022-2023 Premier League season. Chris, how's your summer been? You just got back from Vegas. Uh you mentioned before the show you took a, a month off from from Premier League. You had to refresh the mind. I know you lost to me in our end of season battle, uh, so I'm still waiting for the uh, the kit or uh, the scarf, whatever whatever the uh, whatever the bet was on. But Chris, welcome in.
2: Adam, good to see you again. Um, a lot to address there in that in that intro. Um, my summer's been it's been good. You know, a lot of, a lot of time uh, spent outside. Uh, a lot of time spent off the computer, aside from work. Uh, I th- I feel like I took like a, a, a nice solid like month of um, of June and like right in June and July to uh, to kind of just not not read a whole lot. But uh, been catching up the last couple of weeks. I'm getting Premier League fever, and uh, yeah, the mo- most importantly though, you know, la- la- the end of last season kind of got a little bitter for me. Um, you know, from a, a personal perspective, I lost the uh, the last uh, you know last show of the season we did the the uh, 10 bets and adam of course beat me there um so I, I gotta get him a kit i think was the bet and um and send that out so we haven't quite agreed to to what uh, kit he'd like but uh you know I'll make sure that gets over and uh i'm sure we'll have a little bit of uh, a chatter surrounding that when it does come and then yeah finally i mean you know end of the as a you know the liverpool saga at the end of the season there got a little bitter but otherwise a good season Looking forward to this season, you know, where everything's fresh. It's a new, um, you know, my hopes are, aren't quite dashed yet. So uh, back to uh, placing bets on the Premier League, which is what we like to do on a weekly basis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Refreshed and ready to rock.
1: Yeah, I know you're ready to get back to the Premier League. You were in Vegas the other week and you sent me this uh, this U.S. woman's bet. I, I don't believe it hit. I think it you did took it over.
2: Uh, okay the so I, I took two but i had two bets on that okay. it was uh the women's um Concacaf final between the u.s uh women's national team and the canadian women's national team and it was the i took the uh, u.s women's it was like minus 110 or something like that to win that hit i missed missed the over which was like Plus 200 or so over two and a half goals. And I missed that one. So, you know, came out about a wash there, but uh, you know, anytime you get a chance to like to do it live, then you might as well. So, yeah, that's, that's how it was. And then, uh, you know, took a look at some Premier League futures while I was there and going to get back into, we're going to dig into that here in a moment, but um, yeah, there was, there was not a whole lot at some of the sports books, but uh, you know, still interesting regardless.
1: Yeah, as we get into it here, someone just rang my doorbell, so my dog's going kind of crazy a little bit. So hopefully uh, it's not too loud overall. But, yeah, if you're just joining us for the first time, we did, I don't know, we did about 50 shows last year. And at RotoWire, first thing we do, we go to the sports betting page. You can compare odds with DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, PointsBet. And as we're on the page right now, we can see this beautiful match here. Between Burnley and Huddersfield, uh, do you have do you have a favorite here? Burnley against Huddersfield. Burnley basically losing almost I don't know the entire team from last season. Uh, let's go. I mean, I'm I'm all about taking Huddersfield right here, plus one ninety five to win against Burnley. Who you know they're not. They lost their what top three defenders. They just lost McNeil today. Uh, let's do Huddersfield right now, plus ninety five one ninety five to win. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I was thinking Burnley. You know they they. They're... <laughs> Huddersfield, I know nothing about right now. Burnley, yeah, they, I mean they lost to McNeil, Nathan Collins. Uh, did Nick Pope go somewhere? I imagine. Um, but they didn't they add Vincent Company as uh, as the uh, manager? Did I see that?
1: Yeah, yeah, they got Company now. So yeah, I, I guess I haven't really. They're not in the Premier League, so I've been keeping up on who they're <laughs> actually adding to the team. But uh, yeah, one thing I never actually clicked on. You can actually click on the matchup, and you can actually dive into the full-on matchup you can see the line movement here uh, with uh, where it's at right now for some reason Huddersfield opened at plus 140 now they're at plus 195 so for some reasons unknown to us uh, a lot of money is coming in on Burnley Uh, maybe maybe that's Vincent company Uh, we'll never know but this is a premier league show and that's what we're going to talk about here uh, but yeah, what I was saying about the sports betting page, all that good stuff, you can get that at com. I'm going to be looking at the uh, the depth charts, too, as as we get talking a little bit, as you can see, depth charts for all the teams in the league. Um, but first up, the thing I wanted to, before we actually get into you know, some of the odds, is one thing that kind of went to our advantage last season, I think, was you know we looked at teams' upcoming matches, because when you see... When you see teams with uh, favorable up- upcoming matches and, you know, they're getting, let's say they win a few games kind of thing, their odds drop. So you, you kind of want to hit them before they actually start winning matches. So this first slide here, if you're watching YouTube or Twitter, um, I, I listed five teams here with pretty favorable matches for the first four or five game weeks. And the thought is, you know, these teams will be getting more wins than losses at the beginning of the season. And so, if you want to bet on them right now in terms of futures, you do. You want to do it right now because if you know if these teams win, if if let's say Man City, you know, sure they got that first opener at West Ham, maybe a little more difficult than the rest of them there, but maybe Man City win their first five matches. Like their odds are going to go from whatever they are right now, minus one thirty-five or something. They'll probably be at like minus one one sixty or something if you know they win their first five. Same with you know, same with these other teams here. Same kind of uh breakdown here. But yeah, just uh any thoughts on here, just looking through these. I mean, Liverpool, Man City, the top two favorites in the league. But I think it's kind of intriguing if you're looking at like a an Arsenal top four bet or Aston Villa top ten bet, even a Wolves top ten bet, like maybe get in right now, kind of a thing, because if you do it yeah. a month from now, two months from now, like those odds are gonna be worse than right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, double edged sword here, but uh, you know, Arsenal kind of like kind of a favorable start to the season here. They have two teams that have been promoted in Bournemouth and Fulham. They face Leicester at home at Crystal Palace is a tough matchup to begin the season. Um, but and then, you know, versus Aston Villa later. So I feel like that's that's, uh, you know, I would get my my uh, my Arsenal. Top four bet in now rather than like after five matches, but we were we were kind of saying this a little bit to begin the last season when they didn't they lose their first three under Arteta, and mm-hmm. when I was I was kind of uh, I was having an unfair shot at Arteta at the time, but uh, yeah, and then uh, the the bottom three teams here: Liverpool, Man City, Wolves. They all face Newcastle and. There's some weird, weird stuff going on with Newcastle right now. A lot of the sports books are kind of are giving them like a dark horse to, to get top six or even top four uh, now that they have new funding. So that's an interesting one that I kind of have my – a team that I have my eye on as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Liverpool, Man City, we, those odds are I feel like are going to – you know, aside from a potential you know fall here to start the season, I don't think those odds are going to change a whole lot, and in fact, they might get worse. So good, good to get you. I mean, you're not getting a ton of value on Man City to uh, to win the league; they're the clear favorite. Whereas Liverpool, you can still kind of get plus odds right now. That that might change. You know, if there's a slip up for Man City or Liverpool, um, can win a few of their first few games. But yeah, no. Those are the most interesting points that I'm seeing from these early season fixtures. And then uh, an early Manchester United Liverpool match, like a third game of the season. I feel like it's usually a
1: little bit later than that. Yeah. That one should be interesting right there with uh, 10 hog there at Manchester United. But on the opposite end of that, you saw crystal palace a couple times in that first slide. And now it's the teams with a little more difficult schedules. So, um, I mean, I got Bournemouth in here and I'm not going to be betting Bournemouth, but but these teams probably going to have more losses than wins through their first three matches. Like I like Crystal Palace as a team, but Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, Manchester City to open the season, you don't want to bet them right now. If you want to bet like a Crystal Palace top 10, you don't want to take those odds right now because what if they lose, you know, 3 of those matches? The odds could be will probably be a lot better than they are right now. So, well, you know, maybe I don't like Bournemouth or Southampton, for that matter it's still something to look at when you want to bet futures obviously these things are in flux we're only looking at the first five matches you know two months from now they're going to have five easier matches so it's going to be the opposite situation but i mean it's it's obviously a thing that's in flux throughout the season but it's one thing with that i mean for the most part from what i can remember uh it worked to our benefit last season, just looking at these, these uh, upcoming schedules and going off that. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, candidly, you were way better at looking at the schedule than I was, you know, you, when we would, we would typically during the international break do a a futures, like uh, which manager might get sacked, you know, kind of look at some of the other futures bets over the international break. And and you did a much better job of like checking out the schedule ahead of time. But uh, this one is interesting for Southampton. I think the most recent odds I saw their relegation was plus 300. That's a tough opening schedule right there Tottenham, Leeds, Leicester, Manchester United and Chelsea. I don't think they're going to be plus 300, you know, in five in five matches or after those matches are They'll finished.
1: probably be like plus 200 after this set.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean if you if you feel like that and Southampton they didn't I mean they never really had anybody super noteworthy. They just do a good do- good job of cheap recruitment but still I I would say get that bet in now rather than wait for the opening of the season to kick in with when those they're gonna like battle the odds you know continually for unless they can come away with some results here but I I just don't see where that happens
1: yeah yeah speaking of last season I'm still waiting for your Mikel Arteta uh, first manager (laughs) to sack that hit Uh, we're still we're it's maybe about probably exactly a year ago I guess It must have been after those first three losses. Uh, I think we led the show. Our I think we did a
2: a September international break uh, (laughs) podcast where I was like, they got to get rid of them. (laughs) I was wrong, you know, big enough to admit it.
1: Now they're in the Champions League, so there you go. But we loosely mentioned odds to win the Premier League. We got the top six here. Manchester City, minus 165. So I said minus 135 earlier. Again, these odds are actually coming from Draftkings so you can look around, shop around, see different odds. I'm sure all these sportsbook have different odds. Uh, so if you want to do that work, go for it. but uh, for from Draftkings, we got Manchester City minus 165, Liverpool plus 250, Tottenham plus 1200, Chelsea plus 1600, Manchester United plus 2800, Arsenal plus 3500. I feel like I looked at this maybe a month ago, and some of these odds were flipped. And after you know some positive Manchester United results, their odds have gotten a lot better just because of you know some friendlies. They're having some success uh, under their new manager. You know, Martial's back in the squad, so it's like okay, he's, he's playing well. He's scoring goals. Rashford's scoring goals again. So it seems like Manchester United's getting money again. Plus twenty eight hundred to win it. But uh, I don't know about that. You think this is just another season of Manchester City versus Liverpool. And unfortunately, like I think both of us, I think I had Liverpool maybe plus 400, plus 500. I think both of us yeah. had that last season.
2: Yeah. Now it's
1: plus 250. Like, is there even a reason to take Liverpool plus 250 right now?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not, but I'm going to
1: go back do to the you original. You think those odds could get better, though, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, w- I would maybe wait and see yeah. if they get any and like – Last season, you know, if you took them in, what was that, like January 1, you know, those odds were probably, like, way better, closer to, like, maybe plus 800, just because yeah. they had been, they had, they were, what, like, 12 points, 11 points back as City at that time, and then it went, you know, all the way to the end of the season. Obviously, that wouldn't have paid out, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you, you got to wait here and see if uh, anything happens to begin the season and if they can battle back, but, um, you know, back to your point about Manchester United, like, it's, this is a lot like uh, playing fantasy football where like, you know, training camp starts and you're like, you, you hear a wide receiver. getting all the, all the number one reps. He's, you know, there's a lot of, Oh, he's the, the, the excitement of camp. Um, and I feel that way about the Manchester United, like training camp, obviously, you know, they still had an okay season last, last year, a little bit disappointing as they finished sixth behind Arsenal and Tottenham. But like, you know, Eric Ten Hag. We'll see. You know, his intensity is probably going to be higher than any manager they've had in the past year. What happens with Cristiano Ronaldo? Are they better without Cristiano Ronaldo? Which is kind of an argument I've seen a little bit, but I I don't know. Um, Martial back from the dead, from what feels like the dead. Uh, but yeah, I think interesting enough that Tottenham has better odds to win the Premier League than Chelsea does. That that for some reason feels interest, like, like a bit of a... a I mean I'm not taking Tottenham to win the league let's be real. Um, but I would I would long shot take Chelsea at plus 1600. I still think it's Man- Manchester City Liverpool but if you really wanted to get creative, you know, Chelsea at plus 1600 is is probably the best bet cuz I don't think United has the players and they're in the, they're clearly in the bit, in a pretty big rebuild and then Arsenal you know, they're they've added a couple key pieces but they they're still not there at plus 3500 to uh, to win the league for me.
1: Yeah. I wonder if to your Tottenham Chelsea point, I, I, you know, I can't remember what the odds were like a month ago, but after some of these results for Chelsea in the preseason, like they lost four nil against Arsenal, I bet that's kind of playing into these odds right here. Uh, and, and that they, I mean, their big addition uh, this season is, is Raheem Sterling. Uh, you know, they added Koulibaly in the back line. I guess technically they're also getting Chilwell back from injury but uh, yeah, Chelsea plus sixteen hundred. I, I guess Tottenham are probably getting more more love because, I, like you're saying, it's all this off season. It's all about who have you added. Are you adding you know spicy players to the mix like Manchester United? Are you adding a uh, Christian Eriksen? Arsenal have added like guys like Marquinhos and Fabio Vieira, uh, Gabriel Jesus, um, Tottenham, Perisic, Richarlison. So. Chelsea really hasn't made you know maybe the big splash that uh, some fans have been have been looking for. So uh, I think a lot of that's going in the odds. But for in terms of top four, I think that's more. I think it's a kind of a better discussion because you you got more even odds and more likelihood here. So top four bets: we got Tottenham minus one sixty five, Chelsea minus one thirty five, Manchester United plus one forty, Arsenal plus one thirty. Uh, so what what's your play here for a top four bet? You're getting less value with Tottenham. So would you, would you rather go towards like a Manchester United Arsenal here?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I'm not, I don't, I don't necessarily need to go negative odds for a top four, bet. I feel like, I, you know, if I'm going to go with a top four, bet, I want to, I want to like see a, a bit more value just because, you know, as as we've seen in recent seasons, it can, it can kind of get kind of interesting, especially with Tottenham coming down a little bit down to the wire last year. And um yeah, I think I for me personally, I'm looking at uh, Manchester United at plus 140. Those are those are interesting enough that they have worse odds than Arsenal does. With Arsenal being at plus 130, I still think you know Arsenal was a goal scorer away from from you know really putting you know swapping places with Tottenham in uh, in the top four last year uh, where they just finished just outside there for that, that first Europa League spot. And this season, you know, they they've gone and they've added Gabriel Jesu who, who is, you know, not, he's con- never really lived up to the hype at the initial hype at Manchester city, but given the young pieces around him, I think, and he, he's finally like, hope, I mean, arguably gonna play that, that uh, like kind of center forward, like first, first forward, uh, role, I think that's a good addition for them, and uh, they added Zinchenko, who, you know, he, he's solid. Never wasn't necessarily up to the the uh, value or like the uh, the level that City kind of demands. So it, it was interesting to see him go to uh, to Arsenal from City, but yeah. And then Fabio Vieira, good uh, good addition for Arsenal as well. So I think I'd rather go for Arsenal at plus one thirty. Got to get the positive odds on a top four bet, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm only into that route too. I believe Arsenal was actually plus 165, plus 175 a month ago when the schedule came out. I wrote an article up on the site, schedule release, talked about the schedule, gave some bets. But yeah, Arsenal, odds have gone down. I don't know. It just seems like uh, DraftKings or whoever is just taking money away from us. They're just making all these odds worse, uh, and you're basically getting no value on this. Uh, but yeah. in, just in terms of these odds, like we see Manchester United plus 2,800 to win the league, Arsenal plus 3,500, but then you have Arsenal better odds for top four. I think most of that is, uh, you know, Manchester United, probably a bigger club overall worldwide, maybe at least in the States, because that's kind of where DraftKings is located. So Manchester United's getting more bets to actually win the league. So that's kind of why their odds are like that, whereas people aren't really betting Top four, that kind of thing. So I think that's the main reason the odds are like that. But uh, next up, uh, uh, do you want? I guess we could mention some relegation stuff. Um, again, this is another area where I don't really care for the odds. Uh, like we have Fulham plus one hundred and ten, Bournemouth minus two hundred. No reason to take that. Um, even Everton, Southampton plus two hundred and thirty, like Brentford plus two hundred and fifty. Like just the value isn't there. Um like plus two fifty to to be relegated for Brentford. I, I I just don't see the value there or really with these other teams. It it just kinda doesn't really make sense to t- take any of these bets right now.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. We've got I mean Bournemouth, they've added no one. Like they're just running back their championship uh team. They they haven't added anybody. And um so they're minus two hundred no value there. So like, I'm not going to go that there, but if I could just – I don't know if I couldn't quite find that find the odds on DraftKings, but, like, a, a two-finish last would be where Bournemouth is for me. I don't – you know unless they start to pull on a couple players, it's like, what are you doing?
1: Um, I got those odds. I'll, oh, you do? Okay. I, I'll, I'll save them for later in the show, but I got a Bournemouth, okay. uh, a Bournemouth bet for the people.
2: Nice. Okay. And then, I mean f- – we, we all know that Scott Parker knows his way around a relegation uh, from the Premier League. So uh, during his time with Fulham and then we've got uh, Marco Silva at the helm with Fulham now rather than Scott Parker and you're getting plus odds there. So, you know, for me, I, I like that. That seems like a pretty reasonable bet. They they do have a, a bit of a stronger squad, but they lost some, some players too. Um, they're going to run it back with Alexander Mitrovich as their target guy. And, you know, he knows his way around the Premier League, at least. So, but yeah, and then you talked about the the teams like Brentford plus two fifty. We we mentioned this before the show, but it's like that's not there's not a ton there. That should be a little higher, I think, in my opinion. But I would maybe consider Everton at plus three hundred. <laughs> they really struggled last year, barely got out got out by the skin of their teeth. And then um, Southampton, as I did mention, you know they they are usually smart in recruitment. They haven't added any key pieces, but they do do a great job of development. They're, uh, they're plus 300 as well, right next to Everton. So those are the two, Everton and Southampton would be really the only places I look for, like, for a potential relegation bet.
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't even talk about this beforehand, but I kind of agree with that. Uh, Everton's big signings, you know, Burnley guys, Burnley are just relegated. Sure, they some of their better players, uh, but Tarkowski, McNeil, um, I mean, that's that's coming in and you're placing a Charlison with that. I mean, the way for Everton to get out of relegation is that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is who he was two years ago, and he's actually scoring goals again. Um, I can see that happening. But it, if it's, it's a repeat of last season, then Everton will be fighting the the relegation zone. And I mean, with Southampton. Um, for the most part, same guys, you know, they lost Broja because he was on loan. But I mean, mm-hmm. they added Arebo and Mar up front. I'm not sure how much those guys are going to play. Arebo will probably get some minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they were kind of a, a sketchy team overall last season, they had some highs, uh, but that seems like they have some lows every season where they allow eight or nine goals in a match. They've not really added anyone of major significance, like they got Romeo Lavia from from Manchester City uh Belakovic a center back from from Bundesliga like they don't really add a ton so i, I agree with uh, your sentiment i guess on uh, Southampton and Everton but but we like talking players here we got a lot of player goals to discuss and again i, I pulled up on the slide i didn't i don't remember this last year uh from DraftKings or at least anyone just over unders on goal totals uh, maybe I didn't look at it uh, the week before the season, that kind of thing. But I, I feel like I did. But we have <laughs> some interesting numbers. So I put some on the screen. We got Mitrovic over under all these. So the only ones I put on the screen are going to be minus 110 odds. Uh, there are some that I saw minus 150, minus 280. Like I figure we didn't want to talk about those. So Mitrovic, 11 and a half goals. Gabriel Jesus, 15 and a half goals. Ivan Tony 11 and a half goals. Jamie Vardy. 12 and a half goals, De Bruyne, 11 and a half, uh, Mason Mount, nine and a half. And then you got Jesse Lingard, now at Nottingham Forest, six and a half goals. Uh, what's what stands out here for these with these goal odds?
2: Uh, the two that stand out to me here. I mean, the Gabriel Jesu, 15 and a half goals. Last year, Arsenal, the leading goal scorer for Arsenal was Bukayo Saka, and he had 11 goals. So like, this would be a big, that's like, as I mentioned, that was like kind of the difference between top four and, and Europa league for Arsenal last years. They didn't, Alexandra like Lacazette could not find the back of the net. Um, and they just struggled for that. So I think, I mean, great ad for them overall. 16 goals is a lot of goals for Gabriel Jesus That would be a super successful season. If he does that, um, that one stands out to me. I think, I think I'd opt for the over there. Um, Yeah. Why not? They have enough pieces. They like, they, they played well. They just could not finish. Lacazette was the one who, who really couldn't, um, couldn't finish for them last year. And the other
1: one, uh, we could have a discussion on this. One thing that just stands out to me with, with Jesus is like, he never really, like you see, I put, I got his minutes up on the screen. He never played over 2,100 minutes. He was never like a guy that stayed, Fully healthy to where like he was going to play a ton. And you look back at last season, Abba Lacazette, and Katia, they kind of split the front forward row for Arsenal. But you got to go back to, I think, two seasons ago, um, or I guess three seasons ago, where Abba when he was scoring 22 goals, he played, he got those 22 goals because he played like 3,000 minutes, minutes in those back to back seasons. So I think if you're expecting over with Jesus, like you're kind of expecting him to play over or at least near 3,000 minutes, that kind of thing, 2,800, even 2,600. I guess okay. you're kind of getting in that range. But it, is he going to play more than 2,500? I guess that's kind of what I'm coming to. Like we saw katia play well last season, and I don't think they're going to run Jesus into the ground because we've already seen him have these injury issues. Yeah. I just think 15 and a half is kind of high. Um, I, I'd go around like the 12, 13 range um if we look on the projections here uh if you go to our projections page on rotowire i have jesus projected for 2400 minutes and that comes out to 14 goals so that's you know that's close to the the under there but uh, i I still like the under here 15 and a half but i mean those are my thoughts does does anything sway you just in terms of like his playing time do we think he can actually play more than 2500 minutes
2: yeah, I mean, I'm, we haven't seen him do it at all. I mean, you've got the proof and the put in here with the the stats pulled up, so that's a really good point. I mean, do we think that he's going to take penalties for Arsenal, or who do I mean? It was was it Lacazette or who the who the heck took him last year for Arsenal? Um, but that would be a deciding factor. You know, he knocks in five six penalties in a season, and. Um, was it Saka? Yeah. Yeah. Saka took two,
1: two. Martinelli took one. So okay.
2: So they got three penalties all season, which is kind of wild. But um, you know, if he scores four or five goals on on penalties, you know, and he goes out and gets you know ten goals from open play. That would also, as you mentioned, need to be. He would need to be healthy, and as re, as you have pulled up here, he's already dealing with a knock. So, I mean, that definitely sways me a little bit towards more of the under. But I just think this was a good add overall for an Arsenal side that just could not score goals last year. I mean, Saka with with eleven, uh, Emil Smith Rowe had ten, and then it's Odegaard with seven, Martin Elliott with six, and Eddie Nketcha, who who really didn't start until was it like March or April? He yeah. had five goals. So yeah, I mean, it'll be. He could definitely, I, would, you know, if you didn't like the uh, Gabriel Jacewicz over fifteen and a half, I would be intrigued to find the Eddie and Ketcha, like what his over under is on the goals, and see if you can find some value there. Because if sue isn't going to play, he's the next man up at forward.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, no odds for Ketcha.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I did, definitely didn't expect those there. But um, yeah. yeah, anyways, um, the other player that I, I kind of am intrigued by here is Ivan Tony. They've got 11 and a half goals. He started the season pretty slow. Um, and then as the season went on, at the end of the year, I mean, I got I to look and see how many goals he scored at the end of the year. But I feel like he knocked in like five or six goals and the season at 11 goals. I am uh, I believe it was or 12. He didn't
1: score in the last six matches. We're okay, but he
2: scored two and three there in March, yeah, yeah. Uh, one <laughs> yeah. one in April, you know, so like he, I feel like he scored s- half of his goals in a matter of five matches there. Um,
1: Unfortunately, five of those goals came against Norwich and Burnley. <laughs>
2: So I mean, get him up against Bournemouth. Get yeah. Him up against like <laughs> well, let's, let's look and see when he plays those teams. But yeah, so I mean, the over is set at eleven and a half. He had twelve last year. I think I'd take the over here. Um, Brentford super successful first campaign in the Premier League. I don't, and he started super slow. So I, I think I'd take the over again.
1: I do like that. I I just kind of tentative, just because you know he did score a bunch of those goals against those bad teams. Five of his twelve goals came from PKs. Uh, but yeah, my my first thought was Ivan Tony over another year in the Premier League. I mean, again, this was this was his first season in the Premier League. He scored thirty three goals uh, the prior season in the championship. So you know, another year in the Premier League, maybe that'll that'll add something to him, add some confidence, that kind of thing. Um, Brentford haven't really added too much. You know, they lost Erickson, so it'll be interesting to see how they play. Uh, as we mentioned, the relegation odds plus 250. Uh, so there, there is some thought that uh, Brentford may not be able to keep it up uh, for a second season, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Do you like anything else from here? Uh, what do you think about Vardy? Uh, 12 and a half goals just seems like a lot. Um, he's getting old. He's kind of old. Uh, projection here on the site, 1600 minutes and 11 goals. And we look at. Uh, what he did with those 11 goals i mean we have another season of daca who came over before uh last season and uh, yep. 15 <laughs> goals last season sorry 15 yeah, goals they, last season in 1800 minutes so
2: yeah they set it at 12 and a half so he hit that last year and i guess that it, seems I mean, kind of
1: low compared to what he's done yeah,
2: yeah i mean he's got what he's been over f- 12 and a half in pretty much every campaign yeah mm hmm yeah. So, so, I mean, right. do they think he's going to be? I mean, he missed a lot of time last year. So, um, as you get older, your body breaks down. I don't, I, I feel like, I mean, I yeah, don't want to take all overs, but they don't have any, like, DACA was, wasn't was anything, it wasn't anything crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. That's 12 and a half seems doable. He's done it for what, six straight years in the, yeah, in the primary. Yeah. At league, the minimum. So.
1: Yeah, that is, that is worrying. Um, I, I do think that, you know, the minutes are going to start going down just because he's older, just because he's injuries. We'll see what happens with Doc. If he gets over 2000,
2: yeah, if he gets over 2000 minutes, definitely he's going to go over 12. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is. Is he going to be able to go more than 2000 minutes, 1800 last year? So uh, that's, that's kind of the question with a lot of these, like we're going to have the, the schedule here leading up to the world cup where we have a lot of midweek matches i guess the bonus for leicester is that they finished uh, i think they finished outside of the top 10 last season if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah so they're, they're not,
2: no european well they yeah, were they're a- not gonna
1: it. have european competition so that's that's a pretty big yeah. boost for a lot of those guys and i guess that's one of the main reasons uh, they didn't add, add they didn't really add anyone i don't think they did add anyone in the in the transfer window this summer. So I, I guess that's, um, you know, I was originally on the under 12 and a half for party, but uh, maybe I'm kind of off that now uh, just uh, as we talk, talk it over here, because maybe he will get more minutes because there's no, there's no European games and just uh, goals in eighteen hundred 1800. Minutes. Yeah. So, so he will get that, whatever it is, month and a half off in the middle of the season. So that there, definitely helps.
2: Yeah. There should be some, some, uh, you know, take into account, You know, some of these players are going to go play in the World Cup. Um, So, I don't, you know, some of them, like, you know, when you look at Golden Boots, like Mo Salah not going to the World Cup. Neither is I guess, too. So, but, uh, you know, some of the players who are – if you're looking at over-unders, you go to the World Cup, man, that's a lot. And especially Mm -hmm. if you go advanced deep into it and then you you come back and you try to play another, you know, whatever it's going to be, 25 games, 30 games, that's a lot on the body. So, you know, that's when we're – players start to break down so uh, there there might be some sort of a lean towards players who are not participating in the world
1: cup yeah that's a good thought goes back to my Gabriel Jesus under I'll go with that
0: (laughs) we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: All right, so over-unders, and now let's go into golden boot odds here. So, Holland no World Cup, plus 275 to score the most goals in the Premier League. Harry Kane, plus 450. Mohamed Salah, plus 500. Jesus, plus 1,000. The most surprising thing to me on this list uh, that I wrote down here, if you're watching again, plus 1,400. Darwin Nunez, plus is so, he's higher than Ronaldo at plus 1600. He's higher than Son at plus 1600. Uh, I guess he's higher than De Bruyne at plus 3500. Um, th- those odds seem kind of crazy. Is there just like a bunch of people betting Nunez to lead the league in scoring? Is that kind of what's going on?
2: I guess so, which is absurd. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've I'm a huge fan of signing, I think he's gonna be a great player. Um, but I don't see him lead like I don't, there's no. Son just won the golden boot with Mostala last year, but somehow he has Darwin Nunez has better odds than Son. Um, you know, like as is more favored than Son. I don't, I don't quite understand it, but uh, I would be surprised if he like scored more than fifteen goals. Even like ten is going to be a big ask. I feel yeah. like, but uh, like he's got to replace Sadio Mane, who, frankly, I you know, in his prime is a better player, at least from what we've seen. Uh, Darwin Nunez. Not quite in his prime I'd say. So um we'll see he scored how many? He scored like twenty plus goals with for uh, Benfica last year. But I don't know. I don't I don't get those odds though. So. I would give me Son at plus sixteen hundred over Darwin Nunez at plus
1: fourteen hundred. Right. Yeah, um, I mean on the site we have Nunez projected for fifteen hundred minutes and nine goals. I mean maybe that's kind of low the fifteen hundred minutes, but I mean my general thought with that is like you're getting you're getting the Salah minutes, but you got you kind of got to replace. Uh, you got you also got the full season Diaz, so that's in there. Uh, Jota's still in there. I I don't think that um, currently Firmino at eleven hundred seems like he's going to stay with Liverpool. Uh, so. I guess if if Firmino leaves, then that would move up Nunez to a little more because then uh, that would allow what Nunez – Nunez was probably only playing on the wing, I guess, and then you got Jota in the middle, uh, maybe. I don't know about Diaz playing centrally. but um, So I guess that's one thing. Uh, Even if Nunez plays 2,500 minutes, I don't think that's going to give him the golden boot. It's just weird odds, really. No.
2: I, and I'll go out there and say it, there's like zero chance that for me to leave. So I feel like like okay. they're pretty they're they're pretty set on that, and they don't need to sell him. Um, I don't think he wants to leave. Um, so I, I wouldn't adjust those minutes. I mean, I would maybe give him. They have three options now at center at at to play that either false nine or the, the actual nine. That's Nunez, um, Shota, who's currently hurt, and then Firmino. So they, they've got a three different, few different options there. Um, but I still think, yeah, 1500 might be like a little low. I'd maybe you put them closer to 1800, but either way, they have three different options to take up those minutes. And who knows how he kind of, um, adjusts the Premier League to start. So,
1: yeah, I, yeah, like you said, I kind of think that just the first half of the season, he's not going to be getting a ton of starts. Um, i don't know i mean we just saw luis diaz come in and pretty much needed no transition he was just like bang he's like i'm a good premier league player automatically will we see that from nunez i don't know if they're gonna be able to do that uh two times in a row with these new signings but uh, we'll see um otherwise there are the odds i'll talk about zaha in a minute i'll talk about de bruyne in a minute because we're on to our bets Um, unless you had any other odds you wanted to look at, I think we kind of covered a little bit of everything here. We are about 40 minutes in, but
2: yeah, I think we're good.
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll stick with the players. Um, so De Bruyne, I already mentioned Jesus under 15 and a half goals, so we don't, we can skip that, but De Bruyne over 11 and a half goals. Um, I mean, I'll pull the stats up here, but, uh, Eleven and a half just seems low. I guess you can throw in the World Cup and and say maybe he's not going to get uh, he's not going to get as many minutes as we think. But I mean, we look at we look at last season, and he scored 15 goals in 2,200 minutes. He opened the season with an injury. He wasn't really fully healthy until December. Like you look at it, two goals uh, before December last season, two goals before December 14th, and then he finished with 15. Uh, obviously, helped by you know that four goal game. But 15 seems kind of low. Uh, I know Allen's going to steal goals. He's going to get goals. But he's also going to draw defensive attention. And De Bruyne is already scoring goals uh, in the preseason. Again, not that the preseason matters a ton. But compared to last season, uh, when he opened the season injured, wasn't healthy. Again, he wasn't healthy until December. Now he's healthy. He's fit. Um, even if he only plays 2200 minutes again, even as 2500 minutes, like I think he's getting over 11 and a half goals. Um, It just seems kind of low for me.
2: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Also, like, you know, they're missing some Pete, like they're going to miss Ryan Sterling, who scored 13 goals last year. They're missing Gabriel Jesu, who scored eight goals in the Premier League for them. Um, and then also, not that this matters a whole lot because he was gone, I believe, midseason, but and Torres scored two goals. He got some minutes early on. Um, so that's what, 23 goals that, you know, City are going to score those goals. It's not like mm-hmm. um, it's not yeah. like that's not going to happen. They're going to probably lead the league in goals once again. Um, yeah. So, even
1: if Allen gets those 23 goals, like there's still the 15 goals that De Bruyne has scored. Like,
2: yeah, exactly. So, like, I think that's I think that's a good, good shot on that one.
1: Yeah, I guess we can keep up with Man City here. Go your bet. You got this. Uh, I guess it's kind of a parlay: Man City to win the league, then Island top scoring in the league plus four thousand five
2: hundred or plus four fifty. Uh, you're yeah, going with this Island top scorer here for, for all the reasons that we've just we've just said. Um, you know, they have to replace twenty-three goals. Uh, his over/unders at like what twenty-two something, like right around there. Um, he's going to come in and he's going to get all the looks, and he's going to be probably what a more polished product than what they thought Gabriel Jesu was when he came to city. Um, The guy's an absolute athletic freak. Uh, And then the other part of this is just city has won what four of the past five Premier league titles. Uh, I think they're going to do it again. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't. They've added some good pieces in Kelvin Phillips and, and Holland, but uh, yeah, I just think he, he could either, you know, he's a good chance for him to win the golden boot and city to win the title so that's that seems like a pretty safe bet in my opinion plus 452 you, you know yeah
1: Yeah, sticking with man city we've got a comment here uh matt is saying you can see gunduan playing a little more this year if his back is healed cutting into kdb's output and then allen should finish more chances limiting kdb's presence in front of goal yeah i mean i agree with the second point uh i mean as for gunduan we'll see i mean he's kind of I get maybe it, it was his back that was uh you know limiting the amount of time he played last season. I mean if we go into his profile here, I just felt like he's kind of uh, taken out of the lineup a little bit, 1800 minutes. I mean you see him starting on and off, on and off second half of the season. But I mean if you if we remember like De Bruyne when he wasn't healthy at the beginning of the season, that's when Gundogan was getting more time early on. Um and then that kind of went away once De Bruyne was healthy. So I think it's kind of uh, we'll we'll see with that. I, I think it's a good point, but I'm still not completely worried that you know Gunduan's gonna well, be get taken away from even I mean, Bruyne's minutes, that kind of a thing. So
2: it, the other player there too. I mean, I, I agree with you there, but Calvin Phillips. I mean, you know, by Calvin yeah. Phillips, not to play him all the time. Um, so I I could see where that like I mean, there's an argument for that potentially. Like I I mean, KDB's one of the first names on the team team sheet in my opinion. And then it's going to be, you know, Holland and then probably Calvin Phillips since I spent all the money on him. But yeah, I mean, I still think who's going to get, who's going to take up those stats. It's, it's Holland, you know, for, for goals. And I still think like 11 and a half goals is is reasonable, but yeah, I, the player that's most going to affect it is
1: Calvin Phillips. Mm -hmm. All right. So next one, I'm going to go straight to my long shot here. Wilfried Zaha, most goals, Plus 10,000. Uh, this one's kind of crazy. Maybe a little crazy, but uh, I kind of like Crystal Palace here. Um, I guess, as we mentioned earlier in the show, maybe you should wait, uh, maybe wait a month until Crystal Palace, like a rough set of matches, is out of the way. But projections here, Zaha pretty much plays whenever he's on the field, takes PKs, 15 goals last season. Um, first season under uh, Vieira, Patrick Vieira, Fort... Sorry, 14 goals last season, projected for 15 mm-hmm. goals this season. Um, but now they're going to have a healthy Olise. They're going to have a healthy Eberachie um, Just a little, another season under Vieira. You know, this is just a long shot bet, really. Uh, what if, uh, let me, let's see how many PKs he had last season. All right, he had seven PKs last season. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of PKs. But yeah. uh, Crystal Palace also draw a lot of fouls because Zaha, Olise, those guys draw a lot of fouls. That's... It's kind of how they play. They're big dribblers. Uh, they draw fouls in the box. So some PKs. Maybe it's a lot, but Crystal Palace do draw a lot of PKs. So yeah, you know, maybe they had a few more goals from open play. And there's talk last season of Zaha playing as a central striker, striker, even though he didn't want to. Uh, again, this is just a long shot bet. So can have some fun with it. Put a couple bucks on it. Uh, see what happens. But
2: yeah, interesting enough. I mean, he's. 14 goals last year was his most goals in the Premier League, right?
1: Uh, yeah, he didn't have more than 11 yeah, so, before that. I mean, that's a plus 10,000. We're getting Steve long. saying that Allen's going to score 100-plus goals. All right, Steve's there we go. Steve's going to have to let
2: us know what odds he got on that. <laughs>
1: uh, plus 1 million odds. Yeah. yeah. All right, go, uh, let's go to some, other, some more of our bets. You got your Arsenal top four. I guess you kind of already talked about that. Uh, yeah. They, have, them a, to be they relegated. have a goal goals.
2: Yeah, they have a goal scorer now. Um, Arsenal do. They have added Zinchenko. I mean, got some really great backup goalkeeper in Matt Turner. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's pretty much my reason on that. But yeah, Fulham to be relegated. Like I mentioned, uh, it's been they're they 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 have been a Premier League yo-yo. They've got Marcos Silva, who I actually really like, but I just don't think he's got the track record in the Premier League to that to stay up. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised and they lost some pieces. They're kind of, they they did add a couple. Um, but I think, uh, they just don't have the firepower to stay up here and plus odds on a, on a, a newly promoted team to stay up. Might as well just grab those.
1: Yeah. Sticking with the relegation here, Bournemouth instead of Bournemouth minus 200 to be relegated plus 225. Uh, I, I correctly picked Norwich to finish bottom last season. Uh, I can't remember exactly what those odds were. They might have been in the same range. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but, I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier about Bournemouth. What have they done in the market? Not a lot. Like, they added Joe Rothwell uh, coming over from the from the championship. They had Ryan Fredericks, like, you know, backup. Uh, fullback for for West Ham. They didn't really add anyone. Uh, they got Solanke up front. So, I mean, they, they their expectation is that these guys have another year under their belt from from two seasons ago when they play in the Premier League. Like, maybe that's going to help guys like uh, Billing. That's going to help uh, Lerma, I guess. Uh, it's going to help their back line. Uh, they got Kiefer Moore, who was hurt half of last season. Jaden Anthony's a young player kind of coming up. Uh, maybe he can make a mark this season, but... I mean that's a lot to ask for from just a championship team. That uh, let's pull up the standings here. Let's 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 get the the numbers down here. Bournemouth last season they they drew or lost twenty one of forty six matches in the championship, and they basically have the same roster as last season. So what what what's the expectation here? Um, I I guess yeah. just hope that uh, hope that these guys improve. And hope they don't finish last, but Fulham, Fulham has at least added players. Nottingham Forest, they've at least added players. Maybe Bournemouth will eventually add someone or a week before the season starts, but I'm, I'm just going with the plus 225 there, Bournemouth to finish bottom.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Like you said, they haven't added anybody. I mean, Scott Parker at the helm. Guy knows his way around a relegation, at least from the Premier League.
1: That's the only hope. That's the only hope. <sighs> Scott Parker... Uh, who got relegated two seasons ago? I believe and to was. be
2: fair, and to be fair, I actually really like Scott Parker. I love the yeah. sound bites, you know. But I just... They I, I think anybody. this
1: team is worse than the the Fulham team from two seasons ago. That's that's kind of what my thought is. But maybe yeah. I guess I haven't seen enough of them to maybe say that. But that, just looking at the roster, it just seems like that.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree.
1: And then my other one, we got Aston Villa. We're still getting minus one twenty five for them to finish top half. They were. Uh, about five points out of the top uh, half last season, um, pretty much all the same guys. They added uh, Bubakar Kamara coming over from League One. He's in the midfield. They got a lot of some young guys that may see more time. Chukwameka, he may be uh, going elsewhere. But for the most part, it's like the same guys. They re-signed Coutinho, so he's going to be there for the full season. Leon Bailey is actually healthy right now. He's been getting a lot of buzz. They added Diego Carlos on the back line. So they got more pieces. They got guys. Uh, they got more depth than last season. They pretty much have the same team. Another year under Stephen Gerrard. Top half minus one twenty-five. Like I think that's a pretty good, a pretty good number. Um, I think they're better than than what they finished last season. Finished fourteenth in the table, like behind Brentford, behind Wolverhampton, behind Brighton. Um, uh, I guess I made a mistake earlier. I said Leicester finished outside of the top ten. They actually came back late in the season. They finished number eight. But uh, what, what's your thought here on these top ten bets? Who do you think is going be, to be riding this line here? I actually think West Ham may be a team that could be dropping off from that, that top six range as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I always – that's – yeah – West Ham, similar to this, we had the same, same argument last year with Leicester City. They were playing, was it Euro, Europa Conference League? Really late into the season they made was the semis and ended up losing to Roma. Yeah. Like, that extra week, that extra grind of, like, going across Europe and then coming back and playing a big match on a Saturday or usually a Sunday, um, that that's a grind. And I don't know – I feel like that might affect their ability in the league. So, like, they're – I mean – I guess we would have to find to finish in bottom ten here. Um, you can get finish in bottom ha- ten at plus one twenty for West Ham, but uh, yeah, like Villa's minus one ten. Newcastle, there's so much like new dark horse energy on on Newcastle now that they've got invested investment and they've added some pieces, but they're plus two hundred to go bottom ten. So that would be that would be an interesting for me because it's like everyone is like excited about the new investment, the new players. Um, so that
1: I feel like that, that would yeah. be the most amount
2: of value.
1: I mean, technically, Newcastle was whatever they were at the second half of the season or from January on, February on, whatever they were. I can't remember what the stat is, but maybe a f- top five team, something like that, because they were fighting the, the relegation battle. And then, as you can see on the screen there, they moved up to 11th on the table. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably the reason why they're actually look like that in the odds to finish top half. But... Uh, like, yeah, a team like a Wolverhampton um, doesn't seem like I guess they're getting guys back from injury. I guess that's the main thing. Another uh Pedro Nato, I guess he's healthier. So they're getting guys back healthier. Johnny, hopefully he's going to be healthy the full season. So I guess that's a hope with them. But they haven't really added anyone uh, new. Brighton have, you know, a lot of unknown pieces coming in. Um they lost Basuma in the midfield, like their, their guy in the midfield. And, you know, they have the forever question of, of Welbeck and, and Malpay up front. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, we'll see, I guess. Uh, but I, I, I do like Villa over Brighton, over Wolverhampton, over Newcastle, over Palace, over Brentford. So basically all the teams that finished above them in this spot yeah. last year, I, I like them more. Uh, it's just another season with Gerrard. Like, if we remember correctly, Gerard didn't come into the team until I think it was December. So that kind of has to be taken into account there.
2: Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Brighton is a team I can never quite predict.
1: I don't think Brighton can predict themselves. They go <laughs> they go between a three man backline and a four man backline uh, just about every match. So, yeah, definitely. All right, we got anything else? We got 50 minutes here. Uh, Parada Steve is is telling us correction. He meant top goal scorer plus 275, not 100 plus goals. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, That's a bit. That's
2: a big (laughs) difference there.
1: Plus 275 on that. Uh, We can, I mean, going back to your bet here, uh, you had just combined that with Man City to win the league. That's plus 450. You just get better odds. If Holland is the top scorer in the league, you got to think that Man City are doing all. So just take that plus 450 bet. only makes sense. Feels like a double down, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense for Liverpool fans, but technically it makes sense.
2: Yeah. Let's, like, take the the rose-colored lens off, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, the rose-colored lens, exactly. All right, 50 minutes. Kits and wagers. Bunch of futures. We talked about... A lot here. And so the goal going into the season is probably Thursday show, uh, Thursday weekly show, looking at kind of the same thing we did last year. Um, we'll see. I, I might be using these slides a little more. I think it kind of helps uh, just to look at instead of, instead of just like throwing our best bets out and rereading them. So it might be helping out, but yeah, we're going to be doing this. Uh, I think we, we both were 100% last year on our bets, so we're going to try for back-to-back 100% seasons. So, we'll see how that goes, but uh, Chris, any any final words here before we get into uh, the weekly previews?
2: No, no. Uh, just happy to be back, and uh, we'll be back uh, this time next Thursday ahead of uh, Friday's match, uh, discussing some of our best bets, so hopefully you'll tune back in.
1: Happy to be back. Chris at CHR and 8 on Twitter. I am at RotoZadroik. And for everyone who plays DFS, we got a Q&A, special Q&A with Ryan Belongi. He won 100000 last year in DraftKicks, King of the Pitch. If you have a question, send it over at Roto Wire Soccer on Twitter or at or message me on Twitter or uh, Zadroik at RotoWire.com. All that stuff. Discord, you can find us. You can find me, get those questions in. We got that show tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. But for us, we will be back next Thursday. Chris, thanks for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for watching.
2: Cheers, Adam.